Praise the Lord. Um, the title of my message is Praying is serious, it's a serious business. And you'll know why by the time we finish today. Praying is serious business. Praise the Lord. I've got a short, a one-minute clip that I want. Uh, Gary, please, when you're ready, God bless you. I don't know where you are, devil. But I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. And another thing, I am so sick of you stealing my joy, but that's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus. And just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10, verse 10, that the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life, life more abundantly. Sorry, I'm, uh, when I quote, I quote King James. I'm just trying to get used to NIV. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please forgive me. You see, this morning, I want God to help us. So while you are listening to me, continue to pray with your heart that God will speak through me. Uh, because most times we think, we, we trust in our ability. You, you do it without the intention to. Praise the Lord. Now, this is, please, if you have not watched War Room, please go and watch War Room. That's where I got this clip from. So praying is a serious business. Um, the reason why praying is a serious business is if you look at Jesus' life, you find out that he was always praying at night. It takes praying seriously. When it, it was time, it was, the time for him to die was approaching, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane with three disciples at night. Praise the Lord. So Moses also isolated himself for 40 days while he was communicating with God. It means praying is a serious business. 
Elijah also did the same thing. You see, it's very easy to um, become mechanical and diplomatic. You become we become diplomatic with God and mechanical in praying. Very, very easy. It becomes a routine. Very easy for praying to become a routine. But God wants more than that. God wants a fellowship. God wants a relationship. Because he's a jealous God. He cannot afford to share you and I with anything. He cannot afford to share you and I with Facebook or WhatsApp. Because he is a jealous God. If every day you come back, we come back to, from work, we got back home, and my wife is always busy on WhatsApp or Facebook, I will not be happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Nobody will be happy. But he's our Heavenly Father. He's gracious. He's good. He's loving. And that's why we are enjoying his grace. That grace that he has given us, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our own sake. So we can be reconciled. You see, he gave his only son for the children of his enemy so that they can come back. The first Adam died, committed sin. But act of his magnanimity, he gave his only son so we can be reconciled back and come back to the default mode. And the default mode is when we communicate. When we pray, we communicate. If, you, if, if, if I have two sons, one is always communicating constantly on a regular basis, and the other is evasive and distant, my heart will go to the one that is always communicating. I will know him better because he communicates. I will know how emotional he is because he communicates. I will know his challenges because he communicates. I will know his ups and downs because he communicates. I will know what makes him happy or sad because he communicates. But the one that does not communicate, it will be difficult for me to know him. It will be difficult. That woman that you just watched just told the story of my life. I was in the UK and something happened and shook me to my foundation. I thought I was praying. I thought I was serious with God until when this challenge came. And I got to a point. Just like Esther, if I perish, I perish. I've got nothing to lose. And I, by the grace of God, my prayer life changed. And that was when God began to reveal some things to me. Praise the Lord. You see, it will be difficult for us to pray if we cannot challenge the reason why we pray to get understanding so we can have prayers answered. I will repeat myself. We have, as people of God, as the children, the sons and daughters of God, have got to challenge the very reason why we pray. You see, we, we are the only thing that God has created that he has given us the freedom of will. And God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on people. He doesn't. You want him, he will say, I'm here. If you have a house, if you put God, if we put God in the bathroom, 
We'll see him every morning where we have our shower, and that's it. <laughs> you put him in the kitchen, every time you come back to have your meal, you have him, you have your conversation with him, you leave him there. But if you put him in the center of your house, you are going to the kitchen, you are seeing him. You are going to the bathroom, you are seeing him. On your way to work, you are seeing him. In the night, you are sleeping. It's because he's in the center stage of your life. And that makes him happy. You know why? He says, I'm looking for those that will worship me in truth and in spirit. Another reason? He says, come, let us reason together. Levi, I can't reason with Levi because I'm much older. But I can reason with pastor, and I can reason with his dad. Praise the Lord. But because he's a, very, he's a young boy, he cannot understand my reasoning. And when God says, come, let us reason together, it means that he has brought you up to a level where you can communicate with him. Praise the Lord. So we need to have the conviction, and the conviction is knowing that when we have communication with God, we, we, we are brought into a place of authority. We are brought into a place of authority. And because I want to be very quick, I want to go to the types of prayers. There are different types of prayers, but I just want to focus on three types of prayer points or three types of prayers. While I, God has been helping me in the journey of life, I have come to realize that people pray and they pray and they pray and they pray and they don't get results and they become discouraged. Yes. It's just logical. You are just being human being, being a human being. Because if you continue to communicate and you're not getting any response, and the problem is not being solved, and you're not getting any indication that this is going anywhere, it is just natural for you to be discouraged. But one thing I've come to realize is that it's possible to communicate and communicate wrongly. And we'll see the scripture. It is possible to communicate and just be a talker and not a listener. You see, every, most times we pray, I'm guilty of it. I just pray, 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 and I walk out. Uh -uh, excuse me, you're not even listening. <laughs> we wake up in the morning, we study the Bible. After studying the Bible, you pray. After praying, you worship, and you just walk out of your, your study or whatever. We do it repeatedly. How can you communicate and not even hear your heavenly father, what he's saying to you? So you have become the talker. So there's what we call inquiry prayers. We pray to inquire. For example, we've been go if I've been going through a challenge for many years, and I've been praying the same prayer point. I change my prayers. I pray a sort of prayers. And I'm not getting results. I mean, it's just normal and reasonable to want to know what is happening. You know why? God keeps secrets. You go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29, verse 29. 
He keeps secrets. You go to the book of Daniel chapter 2, verse 22. Bible says he knows the deep and the secret things. He knows that which is in the dark. He says light dwells with him. That's Daniel 2, 22. And you read further to Daniel 29. He says only the God of heaven can reveal secret things. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. He says, come. He says, call, he says, call unto me. And I will answer you, I will show you the unsearchable things that you know nothing about. Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, why is this happening? Lord, why? He wants us to ask. Because he's our father. But we're not asking. James chapter 4 verse 3. You are asking... You have not received because you are asking wrongly. James 4, 3. You have not received because you are asking wrongly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God wants us to ask questions. He wants us to know. He wants us to pray inquiry prayer points. There are some prayers we have not even prayed. Even me, until recently, there are some prayer points I have never prayed in my life. And these prayer points work. They work. The prayer points work. For example, going to God, I said, Lord, you see, we focus more on our physical being. Our spiritual being sometimes is suffering. Lord, who am I? Yes, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I am fearfully made. I am peculiar. I am chosen. I am a chosen generation. But who am I? Everyone that the Lord has created, there's an assignment. Before Jeremiah was formed in the womb, God knew him. So meaning that every one of us sitting here, God, before we were formed in the womb, God knew us. And he knows where we're going to. And he knows what we will do. So, would it be out of place to just say, Lord, who am I? They asked um, John the Baptist, who are you? They were desperate to know. Who are you? Jesus also was asking the, his, his disciples, say, who do they say I am? And when Peter got it right, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Because it takes the grace of God to know who you are. And if we don't ask, how can we know? And seriously, if you do this, you will come to tell me. Just in, very simple, before you sleep in the night, Lord, who am I? You'll be shocked the kind of revelation you have. Be prepared, have a notebook and a pen just by your bedside. I have practiced it. My wife has practiced it. My pray, in our prayer groups, people have practiced it. In our prayer group last night, um, people called in from Canada, Nigeria, UK, and New Zealand. So four countries together. People are praying. People are getting results. And we can get the results. Because the enemy has come to deceive us. Praise the Lord. The second, prayer, the second thing, types of prayer, is 
pray, war, uh, warfare prayer points. The enemy Satan does not understand anything other than violence. Seriously. Seriously. It breaks my heart. Seriously. It breaks my heart when I see the enemy Satan oppress the children of God. And I'm sure it breaks God's heart too. If I tell you this, it will shock us. Do we know that nothing should happen in our lives without us having an inkling of what is about to happen? God has created us. Nothing should happen in our lives without us knowing that something is about to happen. Nothing. It says in the book of Amos chapter 3, it says, I will not do anything without revealing to my prophet and prophetesses. And you say, oh, no, I am not a prophet. Please go to Acts chapter 2, and you will know everyone here is a prophet or prophetess. It says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your, your, your young girls and young men will prophesy. It says, old men will dream dreams, and young men will see vision. And when God told uh, Moses and said, appoint to, uh, 12 elders, and so that and they began to prophesy. And Joshua came to, they, when they stopped prophesying, Joshua came to Moses. He said, excuse me, these guys are still prophesying. And Moses said, it is the wish of the Lord that everyone will prophesy. That was even before the New Testament. Amos 3, I will not do anything without revealing to my prophets. Sometimes we just have this feeling something is about to happen. And we think it's our mind. It is the Holy Spirit. You get used to the Holy Spirit. You know when the Holy Spirit speaks constantly. There are some things if I begin to share, people will think, uh, is that real? And that's why I, sometimes I, don't, I can't share some things. Because nobody will believe you. If God is giving you specific dates, time, secrets of people, and you are able to tell them, this is what I've seen, and they confirm. Up to date, in the past, 1983, 1974, 19, the thing is the spirit of God is willing and always wanting to minister. Praise the Lord. There are warfare prayer points because Satan does not understand anything. The Bible says right from the days of John the Baptist and up till down the kingdom of God suffers violence, only the violent will take it by force. And I will take it by force is through praying. There are 101 warfare, uh, um, warfare um, tools or um, uh, things that God used to fight wars in the Bible. 101 tools that God used to fight. Now, if God has trained our fingers to fight battles and our hands to fight war, it means that we are soldiers in Christ. Praise the Lord. It means that we are meant to fight battles. And the thing about the enemy is, Satan, you see, the more you pray, the more challenging it will become. Because then what the enemy does is he has now seen us or seen you as a threat. And that is why sometimes people pray 
And when they pray some dangerous prayer points, you know there are dangerous prayer points. People will pray some dangerous, very dangerous prayer points. And things be, some things are happening and they are, they are not sure what exactly is happening. And it's like the challenges are, double, are, are going double. And at that point, the enemy is doubling his effort because he knows you are going to be free and you are going to know his secrets. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So there are warfare prayer points. And God wants us to pray those prayer points. And that's another type of prayer point. So I just want to quickly mention just like five. Now, there are things that God did in the Bible. God used plague in the Bible. God used fan in the Bible. God used a battle axe in the Bible. God even used evil angels in the Bible. God used locusts in the Bible. God used stones. God used fire. God used quake. All sort of 101. It means that when we pray sometimes, and the sickness is about to put you to shame, you say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the fire of God begin to consume this infirmity now in the name of Jesus. Let every affliction, wherever you are coming from, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, that the fire of God begin to destroy you now. These are things that we can do. These are weapons that we're meant to use. So the third one is communication, which I started earlier. It's supposed to be a two-way communication. God wants us to know some things. God wants us to ask some questions. That's another type of prayer. So these are the three types of prayers. But there are key ingredients when we are praying that we need. There are key ingredients when we are praying, we need these ingredients. Number one is faith. Sometimes we pray, including me, we pray without even believe, believing that we are going to get answers to these prayer points. It's like we are just praying and just ticking the boxes. Bible says, without faith, no one can please the Lord. So the first thing is, I'm about to pray this prayer point. Do I actually believe that I will get answers? Do I actually believe, or am I just praying? Praise the Lord. Number two, this word of the Spirit. If we read the book of Ephesians chapter 6, This word of the Spirit is to enable us to stand our ground against the enemy. And that is the word. When we pray, we are meant to use this word of the Spirit, the word. Satan and Jesus use this word. Satan knows the Bible. We know the Bible. So what makes the difference? The difference is Jesus Christ. He says, if you are in me and I am in you, whatsoever you ask for shall be done. But Satan can't pray that prayer. So he knows the Bible. Satan knows the Bible very well. As a matter of fact, he knows it more than most of us. But the word is not in him. 
The word that is life is not in him. So the word is life in us. So that word comes alive in the inside of us. And that's this word of the spirit. When we're going through challenging time, we use this word of the spirit. When it's, it's about, it's, it's as if we are going to be put to shame. We use the word of the spirit, this word of the spirit. When it's like everything around you is crumbling, and now things are happening, they are going down, and you're not happy. Say, Lord, because your word is your bullet in the gun. Now it's time to rely on your bullet now. Say, Lord, I will not be put to shame. Because your word says in James, no, sorry, in, in the book of Joel chapter 2, verse 26, says, my people will not be put to shame. So I will not be put to shame, Lord. The same word says in Romans chapter 10, Lord, that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord, or everyone who call upon the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. The same Romans chapter 10, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, honor your word now. You are using your sword of the spirit. Satan and Jesus, before he started his ministry, Satan, but Jesus was using his word. When we pray, we need to use this word. That is our legal right to defeat the enemy. Because he disarmed the power of the enemy, Satan. He made a public spectacle of him on the cross. And because his DNA is in us, we need to use this word. Praise the Lord. So praying and praying, most times it's like we're just talking. It's like we're just making our wishes and speaking out our mind. But by the time you begin to use specific words, suddenly you are feeling sick. You are feeling tired. And they are giving you prophecy, medical, evil medical prophecy. You have got X, Y, Z. And you say, no, I shall not die but live to declare the glory of the Lord. He says, it will satisfy me with a long life. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me, it will quicken my mortal body. Mother body, wake up. Praise the Lord. These things look foolish, but they work. That is what gives us authority over, unbel- eh, over the enemy and, stands, uh, and makes us different from an unbeliever. I went to one of these women's conferences. This is someone who has been grounded in the Lord. He's, been, he's, been, he's, he's, known, the Lord, he's known God for a while. And he began to talk about depression, that he's depressed, his wife is depressed. I said, no, you are not depressed because depression is not in the Bible. You cannot be depressed. You can be challenged, but he said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he will deliver him from them all. He has not guaranteed that you will not be challenged or that you will not have affliction, but he has guaranteed you one thing, that you will overcome. So Elijah went through it. Now, today, they will say, Elijah was depressed when he said, God, kill me. I said, it was a challenge, and God brought him through. David has his own time. He was challenged, but God brought him through. But today, they will say, it's depression. I said, you are not depressed. He said, no, you can't tell me that. I said, I am depressed. 
Excuse me. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says there is power in the tongue. You can't say you are depressed. It was difficult to tell him depression is not his portion. Why? Because it's not beginning to conform to the pattern of this world. The Bible says, yield your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That is the true sacrifice. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be renewed. Praise the Lord. Why? Because when you are renewed, in that Romans uh, chapter 12, that is when you begin to see the will of God. Now, this, this guy was beginning to conform to the pattern of the world. And that's where a lot of us are. The first thing, when you see some symptoms, the first thing will rush to the doctors. Use your sword. When there's challenge in the place of work, the first thing is, my boss is, doesn't like me, or my boss doesn't like me. Use this word. I was called to go to Palmerston North when I was still at Toyota. And uh, it was like there was going to be trouble there. I drove from Whitby, my house. When I got into the car, I drove from Whitby to Palmerston North, and I was speaking in tongue until I get to Palmerston North. I didn't stop for one second. And when I got to Palmerston North, because I trust in what my God can do. He says he will not put me to shame. He says he will fight my battle. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. I will fight your battle and you will hold your peace. And you say, why would he fight your battle? You go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. Because I am a man of war, the Lord is my name. So I believe in him. He will fight my battle. And I hand it over to him. Because he has given me so much grace to enjoy on a daily basis. I go to Palmerston North. Everybody, including the GM, wanted to work for my favor. It was supposed to be challenging, confrontational, but everyone wanted to be sure I was okay. Why? I handed it over to my God. I handed it over to my God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat realized that the enemies were approaching. No more human being will become afraid. It's okay. When we see challenges, we can't be superheroes. We will be afraid because we are human beings. But what we do next is the most important thing. Jehoshaphat saw the enemies approaching and he panicked. The moment he panicked, he prayed and he declared praying and fasting in the land of Judah. And God raised a young man to begin to prophesy. You see, his enemies did not just die, they killed themselves. The three enemies. They kill themselves. Why? Because Joseph had handed it over to God. David came back. He got, he got to Ziglag. Everything was not working the way he wanted. People, they've taken everything. David wept. But what did David do next? Shall I pursue? God said, you will not only pursue, you will overtake and you will recover all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we must use our faith that the Lord has given to us and this word of the Spirit. Perseverance is another thing. We need to persevere. 
we pray for one day, two days, three days, one month, three months, we just get discouraged. We think it's just the same thing and it has come to stay. No, it hasn't come to stay. We've got to go for it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want my wife to read something to us, please. Please. Um, Kenneth Egan, the believer's authority. I will round up. In 1942, while pastoring in East Texas, I had a test in my body. I didn't tell anyone except about it except the Lord. I prayed and believed and that he would heal me. Then I stood my ground. In the meantime, I would be awakened with alarming heart symptoms, and I would get up and pray. I battled that thing for about six weeks. One night, I had great difficulty in getting to sleep. Finally, after praying, I drifted off and I had a dream. I am satisfied that God has spoken to me only four times in my life through dreams. But a dream like this one was no coincidence. It was from the Lord. When I woke up, I knew immediately what it meant. If you don't know the meaning of a dream immediately, forget it. In this dream, it seemed that another minister and I were walking on some kind of parade ground or ball field. There were stands on either side of us. As we were walking along, talking, the man jumped and exclaimed, Look, I turned and saw two ferocious-looking lions. The man started running. I started running with him. Then I stopped and told him we were too far away from the stands to reach safety. We'd never escape those lions. I stopped dead still, turned around, and went back to meet the lions. They came towards me with their fangs, bared and roaring. I was trembling. I told them, I resist you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, you can't hurt me. I just stood there. They ran right up to me like a couple of kittens, sniffed around my ankles, and finally frolicked off, paying no attention to me. Then I woke up. I knew exactly what God was saying to me. The scripture in 1 Peter 5 came to me. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in faith. Verse 8 to 9. The physical battle I had, I had been fighting, was won right then. Instantly, the symptoms disappeared, and I was all right. I had stood my ground. I wouldn't give in. I had won. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Many people read that verse and think the Lord is telling them to be strong in themselves. But the scripture doesn't say a word about being strong in yourself. It says to be strong in the Lord. I don't know whether I can make it or not, people say. Certainly you can make it. Don't even think about it. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of his might, not your power or might. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He that is in the world is Satan, 
the God, small God, of this world and the head of principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world. But the power that's in you is greater than the power that's in the world because the power that backs your authority is greater than that which backs our enemies. Shall we rise up, please? Kenneth Hagin stood his ground. These are giants in the Lord. We are going to stand our grounds in Jesus' name. I said, we are going to stand our grounds in Jesus' name. We are going to use the sword of the Spirit in Jesus' name. We are going to use the sword of the Spirit in Jesus' name. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to have faith, even in our God. Now, the church is going to start praying. The breakthrough prayer session is coming. Just the right time to exercise this faith. You have got to do nothing than to just trust God and trust his power. We just need to come together as a church. When Paul was in prison, the church was praying for him. Our prayer goes very far. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Effectual and fervent. Sorry, King James. Effectual and fervent together. The effectual and fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Jesus Christ is your righteousness. It's not about you. All we need to do is just come to these prayer meetings. That's all you need to do. And let him do the rest. All we need to do is just to trust him and open our mouth and he will fill it. And the Holy Spirit will begin to teach us what to pray about. Do we want fire in our prayer life? You are here, you want fire in your prayer life? You are here, you want God to transform situations and just catapult you to the next level. Bible says in Psalm 71 verse 21, I will increase your greatness and I will comfort you on all sides. God wants us to move from one level of glory to another level of glory. We'll begin to pray and we'll begin to get results from today in the name of Jesus. You want fire in your prayer points, in your prayer life? Please come forward and let pastor and I Trust God. And let us join faith. And trust God to do what only Him can do.